Welcome to They That Hope with Father Dave and Deacon Bob. Seeing humor and hope in a crazy world, wide world of sports. Can you tell we're recording at night? I can. I'm very tired. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Honestly, when I got up this morning, it's like I knew we weren't going to be able to record until later tonight. It's like this is going to be a long day. Yes. Because we can't wait to record. That's why it's so long. It feels long. Mm, Because... All that's, we care about is recording this podcast. That's all we care about right now. That's all. Now is all that we have. That's right. You're right. Tomorrow is maybe a dream. That's Yesterday's right. gone. That's right. Sacrament of the present moment. Ryan O'Neill's dead. Who's that? Are you serious? No, I'm, I know you're Yeah, yeah. Do you really? You don't? No idea. Yeah, you do. Ryan O'Neill, Paper Moon, um, oh, the Love actor. Story, the actor. Yes. Yeah, Tatum okay. O'Neill's dad. Yeah, he oh, passed yeah. away. Wait, that's Tatum O'Neill's dad? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, passed away two days ago, I think. Was he very old? 82. Actually, he was older than I thought. 82, I think oh, is what wow. they said. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's compared to my mother. That's young. Who's Tatum O'Neill? <laughs> is that a nice thing to say? Or do you think she's going to be bothered by oh, that? Oh, she's going to... You're going to hear from Argy about <laughs> yeah, that Yeah, one. that's right. Wait, who's Tatum O'Neill? She was in... I think she was... Did you see Bad News Bears? Forever ago. I, I think that was Tatum O'Neill, the girl. When you said Tatum O'Neill, I was actually thinking it was Tatum Channing. <laughs> Who's a very different guy. I don't even know who Tatum Channing is, He's, but I know was, who Patrick Dempsey is. He was in a Magic Mike. Oh, you know who Patrick Dempsey is? Well, only because you forced <laughs> it in my head. I did a little poll at the Friary. And, like, and everybody knew. No, Dr. That's, McDreamy. Not, that's not true. Come on. That's not true. Father Gregory knew. Yeah, Father Gregory knew. Nice. Thanks, Father Gregory. Yeah. Um, let's talk about sports. Let's start with the biggest news. The Buccaneers are the kings of the NFC South. Yeah, with a six, six and, and seven, seven winning record. Well, as do the Falcons, as do the Saints. Oh, three, so, is it really three? Yeah, weeks, and for some reason we it's a race to the record. bottom. So uh, the ESPN statistics analysis suggests that the Buccaneers have a thirty-four percent chance of winning the NFC South. The Falcons have thirty-three percent, and the Saints have thirty-three percent. That's crazy. That's yeah, crazy. somebody's got to win it though. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you were going to bury the lead. Themselves. The big thing was you and I went to a basketball game. Oh, we had so much fun. I was getting actually, to the basketball a little bit later. Actually, we we can we we're done. We could be done with basketball. No, it was awesome. No, the, that game was a blast. Actually, <laughs> the funnest thing was just driving up and back. Truth be told, <laughs> I just enjoyed it. We talked we just had the a whole great way. Time. We yes. really did. I was thinking as as I got to the home last night. Literally, we talked two hours there, two hours back. It was good. Yeah, it was good. And, yeah. and honestly, a little bit about work, but not a lot. No, not a lot. Yeah. And it was nice to not have microphones where somebody would have to edit it. (laughs) Well, let's just say I'm really glad that some of our conversation wasn't recorded. Hey, speaking of recording stuff, a shout out to Patrick Grace. He turned 40. When? Like probably two months ago, to be honest. (laughs) Seriously, July (laughs) 9th. I've been meaning to say that the whole time. All right, back to sports. So let's go to football. The Cowboys beat the Eagles. That was a huge win. Big grudge match in our house. Father Pat Whittle and Father John, Father Pat's from Philadelphia. Father okay. Jonathan, even though he's from Redskins country, loves the Cowboys. Loves the Cowboys. And loves he was gloating. Oh, was he? Yes. This is the Cowboys' seasons, though. They they think well, they make know, you think they're going to win. I know it's a little and, early. Uh, although they don't usually win this late in December. But you're yeah, not so wrong. Father Jonathan, was you're good. not wrong. Actually, those are one of the things. So there was probably. Six, seven, six or seven friars. And it's actually, I always love when there's lots yeah. of friars in. We just talk smack to each other, watch the game, and this shows how old we are. Everyone but two left at halftime. <laughs> it's like, this is an awesome game night, guys. Yeah, so that right. was pretty much it. Exactly. Um, the, uh, uh, the, the Ravens beat the Rams in yeah, overtime a yeah, yeah, with yeah. a return punt. Oh, is that how it happened? That's, how, how that's it happened. actually how it happened. It was a 70-plus yard 
punt return. Oh, I didn't see that. Into no. the end zone, yeah. did it. Broncos won. Broncos won. They're doing good. But mm-hmm. by the way, apparently, according to ESPN Analytics, mm-hmm. Kansas City still has a 92% chance of taking the uh, Oh, I would think so. Did AFC. you? I know we talked a little bit. The end of the Kansas City game? Like, okay, the play was amazing. It wasn't amazing. Let me just explain it to Sister Mary Beth. So um, they were playing. Who are they playing? Buffalo. They're playing Buffalo. So big, big game. And they're marching down the field. Buffalo's No ahead, time left. No time left. Buffalo's ahead by three, three. or something mm-hmm. like that. Ish. So uh, Mahomes goes back, throws it to um, Taylor Swift's boyfriend. What's his name? I don't know. Just Taylor Swift's boyfriend. And he runs forward, and you think he's going to keep running forward. What does he do? He turns around, throws a lateral pass. To Taylor Swift. To Taylor Swift. <laughs> it was absolutely amazing. And she just went... Right into the end Flag zone on the play. Because they were a little bit offsides. Kansas City was offsides. And Mahomes goes nuts. He goes, I can't believe you'd call that at the end of the game. It's like, dude, you look at it. He was offsides. Well, offsides. Yeah, but you don't call it at the end of the game. It's like. So I guess you can. I guess you don't have it's to okay. do yeah, penalties yeah, the at the end quarters, of the game. Right, right. right. The fourth at, quarter At really the end of matter. the game, the refs are supposed to turn, turn the other cheek. It doesn't really matter. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, the Lakers won. On the NBA championship. That's so in, kind of you to mention. Thing. Congratulations. Yes. That's yes, the great. the in-season tournament. Yep. The internal thing might yep. be a catchier title for yep. the in-season tournament. I like it. I actually think they should just call it like the NBA Cup or something oh, like that. that's true. Actually, I like that. But it is true that the Lakers won the first in-season tournament. LeBron James was named as the MVP of mm. the tournament. This guy Boy, is just not coming. stopping. I didn't see that coming. He's almost 39. That is pretty amazing. And his stats are the best. It's not like uh, It's not a pity thing. Like no. his stats... Are seriously the best. Yeah, no, I, I don't. Gra- I grant you that. Okay, can we talk about baseball for a second? Who's um, your favorite player? Uh, uh, Juan Soto. No, other than that. Oh, that's a big thing too, right? He's going to the Yankees. I thought that's where we were going. No, with we're this. going to your favorite player, oh, Oshani. Oh, my favorite Irish player, <laughs> Oshani. Oshani yeah. from seven hundred million dollars. It's the insane. Seven hundred million dollars. Yeah. That's, that's just, it's ridiculous. It's just okay. nuts. So that that beats the previous record, not just by a little bit. It beats it by like two hundred and fifty. Oh, million. I think so. Right. I think it was a. We've never had. There was never a contract over five hundred million dollars. There's yeah. no salary cap in baseball, right? No, you have to pay this luxury tax or something like that. I don't, I don't totally get it, but it's ridiculous. So that is just. Ridiculous. I was very upset. I, I don't like the Dodgers. Neither do we. Especially, you and I this agree is the, on this everything. Is the this is the, that's a, the this official is the position, position yes. of this university right. and this podcast. They yeah. they brought in what they, what are they called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence or that yeah. crazy yeah, that crazy this. group. So and there's an interesting there's a thing on Babylon B today about you know Otani goes and he's looked at at who's their supporters and he thinks so oh, maybe this was a bad idea because he's got <laughs> these people. So that was pretty funny. But there was another thing. Um, we're going to keep everyone posted because this is a, a developing story. <gasps> well, out of the NCAA. So the commissioner of the NCAA right now has, is proposing kind of like a two-tier Division One athletics. And in a sense, the Power Five, although that might be adjusted, uh, players would get paid at least, the school would pay the players at least $30,000. Okay. Huge, huge shift. I mean, yeah. it, will, it, will, it will fundamentally, college football and basketball in five years from now is going to be fundamentally different than it is right now. Yeah. It's just, it'll be, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. It is crazy. But speaking of money, I just realized, you know, just briefly to go back to the in-season tournament, um, people were playing like monsters. I mean, like people are like, will the players care about this? The answer was yes. They cared a lot about because it. Half a million dollars. <laughs> to all the winners? Each, yes, to each, each person? player got $500,000. I would they be probably, playing pretty hard for that. They probably did that because 
Because they wouldn't care. They wanted, right, exactly. Yeah. They wanted it to, you yeah, know, so it, worked it, it out well. to mean something. One last sports thing uh, worth mentioning. It is in soccer, but we don't need to mention it much after this. No. Columbus Crew beat the LA Galaxy 2-1 well, to one in Columbus to win the Major League Soccer Cup. It's a huge victory. Glory to Columbus. When was that? Saturday. And my sons, Colby and Bobby, went. No, Saturday was a lovely day. Okay, okay. Yeah, the, the weather was beautiful, and um, it was just really awesome. We're in the middle of finals weeks right here. We are. And we had a great event last night. You know, have you been down to the rink yet? Of course. Your kids, of course, how did of Aiden, uh, I mean, yeah, Aiden have a good time Oh on my Thursday gosh, night? yeah, he uh, fell open, split his lip, and we had to take him to the hospital That's and they glued, it, they glued it back together. Isn't it great? Yeah, yeah it's, it's awesome. Super. No, yeah. so we've got an ice skating rink that the university sponsored. And it's just, it's just, I went down there again last night and it was an open night for the students. Did you go skating? No, I didn't have enough time. Although next Tuesday, are you going to go? It's university employees, their families and stuff next Tuesday. If you go skating, oh, I'll I'm go. going skating. All right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. I want to put does like the word um, the Hamel Camel mean anything to you? <laughs> no, Dorothy Hamel. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about. Is it Scott Hamilton? No. Oh, there's him too. No, no. he's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you're going to see What a, is the Hamel Camel? I don't know. Is it a move? Is it no, like it the Iron like, Lotus? It was, it was. It was some kind of move or something <laughs> like that. The, the is this recording? I don't see the time thing. It, but it's a big red button. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. Oh, there we go. There we go. I keep track of that. Every you do. Minute. Thank you for caring. <laughs> yeah, that's the least I could do. That's the least I could do. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's our sports. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, hey, wait. I have oh. one more sports thing. Mm-hmm. The Browns won. Yes, they did. The Browns won with their fourth different starting quarterback <laughs> yeah, he's, he's this season. 48 years old. And they brought back Joe Flacco, yeah, yeah. who two weeks ago was sitting on his couch. Yeah, he's an elite quarterback. Yeah, yeah, he won. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the Browns are actually winning their division. I know, I know. Oh, it's craziness. All righty. Oh, the quarterback from LSU won the Heisman. Oh, is that good? You've heard of the State of the Union. Well, at Franciscan, we recently held... Wait, have we held it yet? Yeah. A State of the University. Father Dave sat down with our Director of Alumni Relations, Christy Fleming. Any relation to Dorothy Fleming? Um, yeah. Peggy Fleming. Whatever. To talk about all things Franciscan. They shared updates on our construction of the new Christ the Teacher Hall, our record-breaking student enrollment, and more. They also talked about where Father Dave sees the university going in the future, also known as the Diocese of Columbus. Back to the future. (laughs) If you're an alum or just interested in hearing more about Franciscan University, be sure to watch the State of the University address on our alumni YouTube channel, Visit youtube.com slash F-U-S alumni. That's youtube.com slash F-U-S alumni. And we appreciate your support. It's not a really a question of if it wins an Emmy, but how many. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Or a Golden Globe. Okay. We should talk about that. I don't know how it has to be released for Oscar nomination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your thought? 
Um, I think it's. I think you want to go the Golden the Golden Globe route. They're yeah, back, way. by the way. And the Golden Globe is more the People's Choice type thing. It used to be the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, okay. and then they realized it was made up of entirely white males. Okay. So Hollywood boycotted. It didn't happen in twenty twenty two. Now it's back, and okay. they just released their nominees. Barbie and Oppenheimer are the two Boy, front I runners. Didn't see that there. So I think Barbie, Oppenheimer, and the State of the University address. Would be the final three. Would, would be the final three That's in cool. any in any of those competitions. So That's cool. here's my question: You know, at the State of the Union address, mm-hmm. there's always somebody that comes on afterwards, mm-hmm. like of the other party, and just yep. rips. Did we have that? Because I can think of some of the people. That... <laughs> I have nothing, absolutely nothing to say. But All I'm right. glad you're enjoying. Well, this. Uh, tell us about. Your, how, so what is the well, state of the university? We just ex- invited people to go watch it. We got to give them a teaser. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, we talked about the universe. We talked about literally all the things you just <laughs> talked about. How the university has grown. We talked about renovation of Christ King Chapel, which is a hot topic. We talked a little bit about why we're not building a new chapel. Okay. We talked about See? Christ a teacher. We uh-huh. talk about expansion and what does it mean to the university to impact a larger number of people, which I believe we're called to do. Yeah. I think your name is mentioned nine times. What? Yeah. Well, maybe never, but. <laughs> or that. Yeah, I, I can't remember. There's which. an over-under of nine. That's right. And we encourage people to bet on the under. under. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, that is exciting. And so that is available. You can Google it, but uh, YouTube.com. Our alumni channel. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of the Diocese of Columbus, though, I jokingly mentioned it. We did sometimes people ask about what's going on with that process. Mm-hmm. Very recently, uh, our apostolic administrator, Bishop Paul Bradley, who's mm-hmm. a wonderful man, by he the is, way. Yeah, I met great, with Bishop a couple of times. I've so thoroughly enjoyed him. And then Bishop Fernandez mm-hmm. of Columbus, mm-hmm. who I hear is great, but I've yes, just never I had agree. a chance to I meet agree. Him. Oh, you've met well, him? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So they, they sent out a letter saying, the Apostolic Nuncio has asked us to start looking into what a merger would look like without any decision being made about it, but just to start having that conversation, yeah. which I think is great because you know those conversations were already happening, yeah, yeah. and it's nice that things are coming, right, right, coming right. forward. And, and that's the thing is already, it's just the state of yeah, social media and people riffing on something that they just really don't know anything about. I mean... Mm. This announcement was made. I thought it was a very appropriate announcement. Yeah. And some of the comments are just – there's just a lot of people that are not happy. It doesn't matter what happens. Yeah. In fact, it's funny. In the State of the Union, we talk about that, is that one of the – I was asked basically a question, what's, what surprises me? And that's one of them is just how, how people will say anything on social media. And right. they, they may not have any idea what they're talking about. Yeah. And, but they have the freedom. It's like this the, this platform. So – Already some of the comments about the, this bishop, about the whole process, about the outcome. It's, yeah, so anyway. Yeah, yeah that's part of the challenge of media. Yeah, to be sure. Okay, we're going to talk about two socially uh, uh, impactful things that have happened in the last couple of days. Okay. Uh, you want to go first? Yeah, let's talk about Texas. Okay. So you might be hearing in the news this case of uh, a woman who was denied an abortion in Texas. It's going to the, I think it went to the Supreme Court of Texas and they... Paused it, it or at least right, blocked right, right, it, right. and so um, if you only hear the quick sound bites, you it, it sounds horrible, mm-hmm. right? You know, like here's this woman, her life is at risk, and Texas won't do anything about it. Uh, going a little bit deeper, and by the way, I'm not even reading super conservative sites. I'm actually just looking at AP News, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so here's what's actually going on with this. And by the way, the story is still quite sad. Uh, the woman's name is Kate Cox. I think we should be praying for her. 
She already has two kids, a three-year-old and a one-year-old, but uh, she's pregnant and her fetus is at high risk of a condition the known- The baby is at high risk. It's Thank interesting you. that it Thank says the fetus. Thank you saying that, right. Yeah, 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 no, you're absolutely right. Yeah, the, uh, for trisiotomy 18, you're a little bit familiar with that? Oh, not not a lot. It's just uh, multiple anomalies, uh, cardiac anomalies, uh, facial um, uh, breathing, the pul- pulmonary thing, exactly. Right. So. The majority, the vast majority of babies don't live longer than a year. Right. Occasionally, some will live longer, but the vast majority of those children will die. Yeah, the first I mean, year. Just, it's an awful thing. It's, it's just, an awful just thing. Just no horrible. question about that. Right, right. So, uh, but the issue there is that uh, it's not. It doesn't show any evidence right now that the woman's life is in danger. Mm-hmm. There's a chance that if she brings the child to birth, it may be stillborn or die quickly afterwards. Uh, apparently, it's also a chance that she might. She's had two. Um, Cesarean. Cesarean sections. And so, uh, you know, she might not be able to have a child again and she'd like to have more kids. Bob, it's it's far, a very interesting thing. How long is the pregnancy? I think she's at the 20-week okay. mark okay. right now. Um, anyway, so the, the thing is this. What Texas is saying is that right now she isn't showing any actual health risks to herself. She says she's been to the emergency room a number of times and the response of Texas was yes and every time – was sent we've home. We've evaluated you. Yeah, we've evaluated, you're, you're not, looked, at, and, and, and home. sent home. And, of course, obviously the, the pro-choice people are running like crazy with this because this is the narrative that if you restrict abortions, then whenever your health is in danger, no one's going to care. Yeah, and, so broadly spoken, um, right. what, what your health, quote unquote, what your health means exactly. Yeah. yeah. Again, and, and, there, and there's probably, as one of the things I've learned, we both learned, there's a lot to this story Um but the, the way the media often spins it, it's pro-life people don't care about moms. They don't care about anything. Right. And that just – it's the same it's the same narrative that's yeah. going on. Yeah. So just to I, – I found that interesting as I've been hearing that on the news and I thought – because we've mentioned this before. Like um, if there's a if – a, if a child's life is terminated because of a necessary medical procedure to save the woman's life, that's not called an abortion. You know, if the if – the, termination of the pregnancy is a secondary effect, if the death of that child is a secondary effect, then that wouldn't be considered an abortion. It'd be considered very tragic. But doctors always can put the Mm -hmm. health and welfare of the woman first and foremost. But, you know, even as we talked the previous, uh, one of the previous episodes, uh, the commercials that were running here in Ohio against issue one were stories of these women who Want, you know, we're going to die if they had to give birth and they had to run out of state. And yeah, that's it's, just you know, just, nonsense. J- just to build on that, it's kind of a change of, of t- uh, topic a little bit. Sure. I had a conversation with somebody today and they were talking about there is not a blue state and there's no red states. Hmm. He goes, we, we, we try to break this down in blue and red. They said it's rural and it's um, city. Interesting. And in, in the state of Ohio, um, obviously the abortion issue won, according to the pro-abortion people. Um, the cities, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Columbus, all the other counties voted against it. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And the same thing, when you look at these things, what dominates, it's the coasts, it's the New York City, it's Chicago, yeah, right. it's LA, all these major, me- Houston, all these major mat- metropo- metropolitan metropolitan areas. So it was just, and again, I was just thinking about that. There's something to that. It's, you know, you take these major cities out of these, again, we, we don't do that because, but- these issues, these uh, yeah. elections would be radically different. Yeah. Yeah. So so pray for that. Uh, pray know. for Kate Cox. Pray for a, a healthy pregnancy. Pray for... Pray for Bob and I. Okay. 
no, no reason other than to pray for us. Okay, here's the other thing. So, and I've obviously been following a little bit because of the university's stance of, of being able to help uh, Jewish students on college campuses. Several college presidents from Ivy League schools were called into uh, hearings on anti-Semitism in mm-hmm. In um, college campus, Semitism. Yeah, in college campus. Boy, and you'd think it's late. Actually, it's late at night. Yeah, and I'm not. You're the one who's drinking, and I'm not. Water, by the way. Mm, sure. Yeah, this is just clear tequila. Yeah, so <laughs> that's going <laughs> to be a long day. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was the president of MIT, the president of Penn, and the president of uh, Harvard. So the congresswoman from New Jersey, I believe she's from uh, Stefanik, asks a question. It says. Would it be against your university's policies on hazing, on on bullying and harassment for an individual to call for the genocide of Jews? And none of them could say that it was. Wow. I mean, one of them said, well, it depends on the context. And and the congressman, she says, like, wait a minute. This is like the easiest. Right. Maybe you don't understand. <laughs> yeah, the this calling, is the soft pitch. Right, right. right. This is the end. And this then we'll get chance. to your tears. This so is your chance to she say. She literally says this like yeah. a couple of times. It's like, this is, I mean, this is an easy, the, the answer to the question is yes. And the, you, you know, could they, have had a great soundbite yeah. where you would have said, we unequivocally do not support or people. Genocide. <laughs> genocide. Genocide, yeah. So one of them, it says, well, one of them, actually two of them, one of them very clearly said, well, it depends if... If the speech moves to action, so it's like, oh, so if actually genocide does begin, right. then we're going to say, whoa, 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 you can't say Which that. Which is a bit ironic for a university professor to do that, because no offense to us, like mostly what we do is speak and then yeah. hope students take action yeah, 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 <laughs> things exactly. that we speak yeah. about. It's, it's called teaching. No, it's, it was unbelievable. And these are also schools that have you know, major policies against um, mis- misgendering somebody yeah. and, and all these kinds of things. But if you want to call for genocide, and so th- it's interesting, it, they've got one of the memes that's going around, was the president of, of uh, Penn, who actually just resigned on Friday, and so did the chairman of the board of that particular university. Um, there, there's a gate to the, in the front of Auschwitz, and it says to work, work is freedom. Um, and it's in German, which I can't tell you what it was. So it, now it says Con, it depends on the context hmm. because this is one of the individuals. She goes, well, it depends on the context of it. And it's like, it's, this is just unbelievable. And it's one of the things Bishop Barron wrote a really good piece on this. He goes, this is the problem with the Ivy League. I mean, this just, this just, it's like there are no boundaries. There is, I mean, the, the motto for Harvard is truth, right? It's truth, right? but there's no truth anymore. And right. everything's up for discussion. We can discuss whether or not calling for genocide. Well, it just depends, right? It was the most, and, and the, the congressman was amazing. She's like, wait a minute. Like this is like you said, this is the softball coming <laughs> right. in. And, yes. and it's just unbelievable. And there's been this outcry about what's going on. And yeah, I yeah, thought about it. Do you think it was um was it specifically Jews or was it any kind of genocide? Well the this for this specific because it was I mean obviously this state, question right, right, was right. about but I wonder if they Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, is it any if you said the genocide of Native Americans, would they say, ah, we just, yeah, yeah. you know, like, we just don't want to judge? No, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. I don't know. It was really remarkable. Where's, remarkable. Their, where's their hope? Is there any hope in any of this? That's the name no, of our podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> well, no, here's the hope. Uh, honestly, with, with this, um, it was a conversation in, that I had this afternoon with the same individual I was talking about. Maybe things will get so messed up. Like, maybe this would be a tipping point that it's like, all right, maybe there is something wrong. If yeah. if you can't publicly say calling for the genocide of an entire people is wrong, 
May, maybe that's a tipping point that says, okay, we, re, we need to reevaluate these and things. It's not, we need to think about And it. it's not just one person. You know, if there's like one president that did that, you'd be like, fire him. And of course, people are losing their jobs. But the fact that nobody could say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It was unbelievable. All three of them. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So, yeah, I mean, may, maybe that's all. Maybe that's the thing that, that might come about from this. But I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, the, the hope is, is I'm not being silly. The hope is what our hope is always in. It's in Jesus because it sure as heck can't be in our Ivy League school education right. systems. So, well, and, and the hope is, I mean, I, I just really walked out of this. You know, people say, oh, you need to be more intellectually, intellectually rigorous. Fine. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. But, but if that's where it wants to take us, right, <laughs> right. then I don't want anything to do with that. I really don't. And right. I, I give a talk this afternoon to our students about the separation of faith and reason. This is what you get. Yeah. When faith and reason are seen at odds with one another, rather than, as John Paul would say, illuminate, you get a well-educated person who can say, well, I can't, it depends on the context. Or the, the same one was the woman, again, she's, I think she teaches at Cal, who was talking about how men can have babies. I mean, right. this, this is where we get ourselves if, if we want to totally separate these two things. So yeah. I feel like I'm on a soapbox now. You are. It's a podcast. Oh. That's just a fancy word for soapbox. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> So uh, second Sunday of Advent, we are in the Gospel of Mark. The beginning. The beginning of the Gospel of Mark. That was the... Now, did you give a okay, homily? This weekend? is interesting. Bob gave a homily yes. and I gave a homily. So we're going to see if ding, we ding, ding, preached ding, on the ding, same thing. All right. Uh, you go first. Oh, okay. I guess so. Well, I preached on the second Sunday of Advent. No, you didn't. Oh, I didn't? No, my that, guess is you probably preached on the Gospel. Yes. Okay. In the second Sunday of Advent. Mm-hmm. So the gospel, uh, the, the first reading was from Isaiah. It was Isaiah chapter 40. And it began with the words, you know, give comfort to my people. And if you're familiar with the book of Isaiah, many people actually break Isaiah in half. The first 39 chapters are prophecies of condemnation and lament. Uh, it's actually, if you want to get some really good insults, read the first 39 <laughs> chapters that's what we're, of, that's what we're looking for of Isaiah. We read the I mean, you get into 10 chapters and you think, wow, God's mad. And God's like, nope, I got 30 more chapters that I'm coming at you with. But then in 40, uh, we have this message of comfort, give comfort to my people. And most people, when they quote Isaiah, they're quoting 40 mm-hmm. onward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, particularly that 40 to 50 chapter stuff, we get all these beautiful this is where you hear, I've, you, know, I, you know, I've called you by name, you are mine. Uh, could a mother ever forget her infant, even so I would never forget you? The reasons we had was like a shepherd, he feeds his flock, he gathers the lambs in his bosom, he tends the ewes with care. I mean, just beautiful message of, of the tender mercy, love, and compassion of God. Uh, the reading from uh, St. Peter was about why hasn't the Lord shown up yet? which is, you know, his uh, patience is our salvation to the Lord. A day is like a thousand years. A thousand years is like a day. And then the gospel reading was the very beginning of the gospel of Mark, where uh, John the Baptist is saying, prepare the way of the Lord and make his path straight, which is also a quote from the Isaiah thing in the beginning. I thought that little recap might be helpful for people that were there. Or, you know. Okay. All right. So now, now I'll share what I said about okay. it. So I went over all that again. Um, I found it amazing that, um, you know, one of the things that's beautiful I find about Advent, and I think this ties into even what we were talking about with, with Jews, is that in a sense we all become spiritually Jewish. We're waiting for the Messiah. We put ourselves in that place where the Jews are, which is an, uh, it's a time of hope and anticipation. Except in our 
day to day, we're waiting for the second coming mm. of the Lord. And we might wonder why, you know, just as the Jews wonder, why hasn't the Messiah come yet? And we wonder, why hasn't Jesus come again? That, that reading from Peter is beautiful. His patience is our salvation. He could have come 500 years ago. It, his glory wouldn't have been diminished. He loves you and me so much, he wanted to make us. And he loves us so much, he can't think of living eternity without us, mm-hmm. which is why he sent his son into the world. And the gift of God coming to us is one of the, it's one of the remarkable characteristics if you l- compare Judeo-Christianity to other religions, is that other religions are about man's search for God, but Christianity, the story of salvation history in the scriptures, is God's search for man. And in that word from Isaiah that was quoted again in John the Baptist, uh, prepare a way of the Lord, make his paths straight. And, you know, I would have actually thought he probably would have said something like, you should make your path straight, like straighten up and fly right, you know, get your act together. But instead, it's really about the Lord doing the movement, and we're preparing the way. Uh, another image of God is light, you know, as uh, Paul says, he is light, and, or John says, he is light, and in it, there's no darkness at all. But we can hide from the light if we've got something in the way. You know, we can, we can put something in that path, and even though the light shines brightly, it's not, it's not radiating on us. And so part of the message of Advent, get things out of the way. You know, mm-hmm. open up the blinds, open up the door, move the stuff that impede us, that impede God from having a direct path into our hearts. And I think in this time of anticipation and of hope, we really want to be able to clear out those things. Another great image is, you know, our heart is a throne, but what's on your throne? There might be good things, but it should be a God thing. Yeah. And how might we take off things off that throne and have anticipation and waiting? The last thing I mentioned was, you know, we used to, um, as a church, my mom would always tell me back in the day when she went to Mass every day with no shoes in the snow, yeah, uphill yeah, both yeah. ways, uh, they would not eat until, you know, oh, sure. midnight. They sure. would they would fast, and that fasting was a kind of anticipation. And, you know, if you know you're going to have a great meal somewhere— you're not going to pull over on the way to go to McDonald's and just stuff yourself with junk food. Like we have an understanding that when we have hope that something good is coming, we are willing to – we don't even feel like it's sacrifice. We mm-hmm. just want to open ourselves up to get the most out of mm-hmm. what we're going to get. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the invitation for Advent. God's going to do the work. God's going to fill us. But we need to be open to that and prepare the way of the Lord. Nice. Thanks. Yeah, so I, I... – And then there was st- – you know, the usual cheering, screaming, Bob for Bishop, Bob for Bishop, you know, right, right, um, exactly. but we don't yeah, need to go yeah, into that right, right now. Exactly. That's a given. Everyone yeah. knew that. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I kind of um, started on the whole idea of this idea of waiting as well. You know, this next year, the Jew, every year it was next year, next year, next year, next year, next year, the Jew. And this was literally for hundreds of years. I, I said to the students, imagine if we said, okay, we're going to cancel Christmas this year, maybe next year. And next year, we don't do it. Next year, this sense of this longing, this anticipation. And then, in the, in the, so the quote, actually the beginning of the Gospel of Mark is, is quoting Isaiah, obviously right. not John the Baptist, but he's attributing right. John the Baptist being that. <coughs> well, I said, and then Isaiah was 700 years ago, and then 400 years later, it was silent. Hmm. And then there was no prophet for 300 years. So there was not only the waiting, but there was, there was no direction. There was nothing... No voice to look forward to encourage the people. There was silence until John the Baptist. And then what I preached about is, and the first thing you hear from John the Baptist is 300 years of silence. The first word we hear, repent. Hmm. 
and to get exactly what you were saying, to get ready for that, right? To, yeah. to get the things out of the way, to get the... And so it was kind of interesting, John the Baptist is baptizing, which is not a word that's used in the Old Testament. So it's this something new. And the idea for the baptism of John related, obviously, to repentance is one of preparation, yeah. is that one is baptized preparing for something, obviously, in this coming for the coming of the Lord. But just that, I, I kind of joked with that. You know, it's like been 300 years and... In Mark, it's quite it's quite simple. Repent the kingdom of God. In Matthew, it's you brood of vipers. It's like <laughs> finally three hundred years, and what do we have to say? You brood of vipers, repent. It's like oh, maybe we could go dark for another yeah, three hundred years. Right. But I mean, yeah, it's funny that that I've had people say to me, you know, why are Catholics so obsessed with sin? It's like the first thing for three hundred years, the first word we hear is repentance, mm. and then to go back to the first re- to the second reading, which you I, I didn't actually preach about it much, but that sense of the Lord is patient for us, gives us time to repent so that we can have conversion, so that we can know. So same similar themes, but I love, uh, and the music, the Advent songs Mm. that they just did are wonderful, wonderful things. So it just, I love this season. Um, The invitation for us, right, is is this active waiting. It's not a passive waiting. It's an active waiting. Yeah. uh, Trusting that the Lord is going to prepare. Yeah. We had a uh, penance service on Monday night. So also part of what I was trying to do with the homily is stir hearts and gear them up to say, and the best way to get stuff out of your life is to go to reconciliation. Mm -hmm. And it's happening Monday night. We're going to have five priests here and you'll be able to do it. And, you know, my prayer every time I'm preaching is I want to think of something specific or something very tangible. And so I'm I'm hoping and I believe in the power of the gospel, you know, Mm -hmm. not just the things I say, but you know, in the context of the liturgy, I'm really hoping that there were some men and women there who yeah, might not have awesome. gone to reconciliation awesome. for a while. That's awesome. And I say that to you all, too. You know, this is a beautiful season of preparation and, and mercy. Like, we're, you know, the when we talk about the coming of the Lord, um, it's not like a horror movie where everybody, you know, you've got to scream and run and hide. The It's an invitation to be a part of the wedding feast. And so get dressed, you know, like get mm-hmm. ready. Mm-hmm. Um Fast for a little bit so that you're going to be able to fill your stomach on what is good right. and what God wants to give you. Be excited about this. But repent and, mm. and get rid of the junk. Uh, you know, clear the mud off. And the way we do that is by bathing in God's mercy, the, the graces of the waters of baptism that we are refreshed in in the sacrament of reconciliation. And so maybe somebody's listening and you haven't been to reconciliation in a while. That's an invitation to God's mercy. It's an invitation to God's grace. Um, do it, you know, Amen. in this season of Advent, do it, encounter the God's love, don't encounter God's love, don't be afraid. I think even all of us that have been Catholics for a long time, and I think sometimes we can get almost, I know because I'm so blessed to have so many priests who are friends, and I get to go to reconciliation with people I trust and love, but I know there's people in other parts of the country, you might not know your priest very well, you might not feel connected to communities, it might be just a really scary and intimidating thing. Uh, just know that God is waiting for you with love there, and he's inviting you uh, to come and receive all the mercy he wants us to have. Amen. Lord, we just ask your blessing upon those who are uh, with us at this time. We ask that uh, they would know your blessing, your peace, your presence, uh, that they would prepare a way, hmm. a way that you desire to come to them. May the Lord bless them, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Father Dave. All right, we're going to shout out one more time in a couple weeks. Ask us anything. Anything. You can send us an email uh, about that. We just want to hear from you. We actually haven't gotten too many questions yet, so this is an encouragement. Shoot us an email at hope at franciscan.edu. That's hope at franciscan.edu. And God bless. And go Bucks. Go Bucks.
Oh, that's right. Yeah, we started, you know, I kind of like them. Football. 